you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. At JCPenney, fashion counts for everybody and everybody. The weather is getting warmer and it's time to swap my winter layers for fun, vibrant, and cool clothing with so many fun things happening this spring like Mother's Day and the Wind Down Tour. It's hard to find great looking clothes that fit you just right. That's why I love JCPenney. JCPenney has so many stylish and comfortable options for so many different body types. I've been blown away by their selection and everything hugs my body in all the right spots. Refresh your wardrobe this spring with style that gets you. Something to wear that fits your favorite moments of the season at prices that feel just as good. Discover brands that get you and put style and comfort first, like Worthington and Liz Claiborne for her, each in women's petite and plus sizes. Here, spring comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. JCPenney, make everybody count. This is Amy Brown from Four Things with Amy Brown. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between offering quality care and support virtually, in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways that Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthier happens together. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. The Around the NFL podcast. The season doesn't really start until after Thanksgiving. From the Chris Wessling podcast studios around the NFL, Dan Hansis. Mark Sessler, and yes, we've been saying that forever because Mike Francesa said it forever, who's told that nugget from Bill Parcells, one of the great geniuses of the sports history, and you want to say, oh, that's ridiculous, that's some drive-time BS, but it's true. In some, on some level, it's absolutely true. You could take, look at any season, and then look at everything that happens from September 1st to November 25th or whatever, and then look at everything that happens from that point onward, it kind of is two different seasons in many cases, and the second part matters much more than the first. There's no way to, to to argue against that. It's entirely true in so many ways. I'm not sure if you're a member of the Houston Texans that you're walking <laughs> around with banners saying, our season starts now. You now can't it, eliminate it, yourself. There's, there's more, you just got to keep there, yourself There's in more the mix. meaning for some teams than others on this I front, think, but it's, it's right. trenchant. I think it goes without saying that yeah. it's about the teams that are trying to hoist the trophy. Right. And when it goes without saying, I'll waste time by saying it. So I, I enjoyed a little stat I saw that the teams that have won the Super Bowl in the last four years have a losing record in November. This actually time of year. No, I'm saying yeah. Thanksgiving is after, essentially. Right. Yes. This time of year often is when teams that end up being very good go through a little dip and then they pop up when it Here's the difference. Here's the difference because now you're going to say, oh, yeah, because people say that about the NBA, too, which, by the way, Two different sports. Very different. Established by a top 10 insider long ago. Do Football not, is completely different than basketball in the summer. I there's no reason why anyone should ever watch a basketball game before New Year's Day. 
I totally disagree. As a baseball fan, though, wouldn't that offend you when people make fun of you watching between April and June? Because the most of the guys in the NBA aren't even trying. I totally disagree. Now that I'm all in, there the efforts high, and it's very predictive. Like teams that are good in the regular season, the NBA actually win the title. Rest days. Greg Greg is going to obviously disagree with your comment, but I would suggest and say, and I'm I'm not as plugged in as Greg on the NBA that I'll wait till the playoffs start. Yes. I mean, that's, I would, that's the, the, yes, the casual that. fan just waits till the playoffs saying, start. But the point of sports is you just enjoy watching it. So it's the same reason you're watching that April Yankees game. doesn't matter. It's because it's right. fun to watch. We're getting in the weeds here. But there is. it's not just my opinion that the NBA isn't a fully formed product for the first few months of the year. That's all I'm saying. I think it's a fair critique of the league. I mean, Whereas you can still say if you enjoy the sport, long, Greg, I get but that. The, but yeah. the, the games themselves, there's no question that the effort level and, and who's on the field that's that's they're all in from April on. You don't know pitchers is taking twenty five days off because it's care. it's March or April, especially March. March maybe. Never in it's the beginning of the show March. have we known that Drew is going to be hacking things out of the network program. Yeah, that's well, we, the, we, this, we've come the show, to that place. Like thanks, the season starts at Thanksgiving and the network show starts now. <laughs> exactly. So, reset. Yes, it is the Week Twelve preview show. If you are a couple things to be aware of. One. Go check out our social media because we're doing a live show in Los Angeles um, on January Gravedigger 18th. January 18th at the Bourbon Room. Get your tickets. They are still available. Second of all, we previewed all of the Thanksgiving games on our Tuesday show. So if you want to hear about that, go check out that podcast. And now we get to all the Sunday games and a Monday night game. No bye weeks for the first time in a while. Much to get to. So let's get into it. And I didn't mean anything personal there about the NBA stuff. No, I just I, know, I, I really I disagree because I didn't used to be that into the early portion of the season either. And there is some of the the load management, not a ton. I I disagree. Load I just management. disagree. I think these they're they're out there. They're out there. I like I like at least how the two of you worked through that um, very uh, intense. Potentially intense scenario yes. there. We we actually, Greg and I, there's some load management with Mark early in the season that we, we <laughs> tend to work into the show because we know it gets heavier as the year what goes is that? What does that mean? Just some load management. The I eyes. don't understand what you're even talking <laughs> the about. The eyes when you started that from Mark. Were, well, uh, before the show, glass. we were on each other all about some a different issue, which we, we can't talk about on this show either. So, you know, come in, act like you're smiling when the camera... Clicks on Whoa, and then you got I don't even know but, what, yeah, this what are you talking about. <laughs> we had a minor disagreement, the three of us, before the show started. I thought it wasn't a disagreement. I thought it was from your angle. All right, I thought it was fine. I don't know if Greg and I see it that way or not. I'm, I'm Switzerland over here. All right, let's start again, <laughs> Greg. This is the Thanksgiving preview. Let's get into the games on not Sunday. Not the Thanksgiving preview. Well, this is the Thanksgiving week preview. Okay, let's try it again. <laughs> This is the post-Thanksgiving preview of Week 12. Let's get to it, starting with the primetime game on Sunday night. Wish it was better, but it's not bad. The Green Bay Packers, 4-7, and seven, travel to Philadelphia to meet the Eagles, 9-1. and one. The Eagles not playing quite as well um, in the last couple of weeks, so you could look at this team even at home. I mean, they lost at home already this year. That's their only loss of the year against Washington in primetime two weeks ago. This would game would have a lot more juice, Mark, if the Packers had kept their momentum going against Tennessee in their last primetime game. Why are all the teams, same teams playing primetime? Yes. All the time. Anyway, but they didn't. So now it's basically, if you want to sell this one, 
this is a playoff game for the Packers, and it's against a potential number one seed come January. Win or die for the Packers at four and seven. At some point, I'm gonna I'm gonna stop agreeing that it's a playoff game for the Packers. But we're here for one more week, no doubt about it. I thought that the hype and the hope that came out of winning the game against the Cowboys was utterly um, rendered a massage, like a mirage, a total mirage against the Titans on Thursday night. Totally. And no more massages there. No Mike more McCarthy massages would get those like during the meetings. We're not doing that either. He refuted that. We're not doing that either. I know that the Colts game presented some issues for like for the Eagles on offense early on. They struggled on third down. We talked about it last Sunday night. There were a couple little un-Eagles-like errors, Kelsey snapping the ball wayward over Jalen Hurts. But I also thought that Jalen Hurts played an incredible fourth quarter. One, I mean, just kind of put the team on his back, on uh, especially on the ground. I trust him to do it. I think there's an issue where, like, with Dallas Goddard, who was their third leading receiver and a big part of that offense, um, there isn't really a replacement for him. No. And I think that caused – I think they're working their way through that. But the difference between the Eagles and a team that goes into slumpville for weeks after weeks is they found a way out of that situation last week. I mean, they just still need to figure out how to find that tight end support, that third guy. But Took a right turn out of slumpville. They, they, they didn't even drive into it, thankfully. Right, thankfully. They, they, it was kind of like one of those city loops. You go around slumps. Around about. Yes. Uh, so I kind of just trust them week to week. I think they're really well coached. Um, you can run on Green Bay. I think it's a good situation for them. And, uh, you know, they can still win when A.J. Brown doesn't show up the way that with other teams that would just capsize the offense. He's been quiet for a few weeks. I think they'll want to get him more involved. I think this will be a close enough game because both running games – should be confident going into it. And the and the Eagles are a, a great team, but they kind of invite close games. There was that one against the Cardinals. Obviously, they, the last two weeks have been their worst two offensive weeks of the season. They, they have had some blowouts, but I think a team that likes to run the ball and slows down the game, and you got to do that against Green Bay because they don't have a run defense whatsoever. Uh, but I, the Eagles don't have a great run defense either. I don't think it's solved just because you got Linval Joseph and Ndamukong Sue. We'll see how they are in week two. I, I just don't see the Packers as this terrible team. They're four and seven, but there's not much difference between them and a lot of six and five teams. They still have a quarterback who I think is playing fair. well enough. Aaron Rodgers, there's so much doom and gloom in Green Bay because they're not used to being mediocre. This is what a mediocre team looks like. They, they're, they're average. They're, I think they're a little better, actually, than their record indicates at four and seven. I agree. I think they are better than average. They're having a bad year. They're losing close games. And I thought the Tennessee Titans game was... Uh, kind of a, a perfect in miniature uh, look at their season where I thought Rodgers, when they needed him to hit big throws, could not hit them. And you're just scratching your head because everything else looks like Aaron Rodgers. The previous week, he looked like Aaron Rodgers. The and first then he, two and a half quarters of that game, I thought he played great. Yes. And then when it was money time, when they really needed him to step up and, and lead him down the field, he kept on failing. But the defense was getting stops at the end of that Tennessee game uh, before that last bomb uh, to Burks. And if you look at the Eagles here, they they played really bad, um, I thought, against the Colts, which is not a good team. They're, they had no business winning that game, in my opinion, and the Colts had first and goal at Philadelphia's five-yard line with 544 to play in that game, and then the play call- calling got wonky, in my opinion, and that opened the door, and you give the Eagles credit for taking advantage of that and winning that game, but that's two straight weeks where they have not looked good. Hmm. I think the Packers have a really good chance to win this game. In fact, I Whoa. think that they will. Is he going to do it? 
No. That would I be don't wild. think they're winning this game. I got, the, I got the Packers in an upset on Sunday night. I think one thing is, like, the Eagles wow. have been ran on, and but Linval Joseph and Sue, I don't know if it's because of them entirely, but they did help because outside of that first touchdown drive by the Colts where Jonathan Taylor went off for, like, 49 yards, he was shut down, and they caused a fumble later in the game. The Colts did not control the game the way they did the week before. They have the, the third-best run defense DVOA of Philadelphia right now. So I think it is or against the pass. So I think with Aaron Rodgers, it's not going to be a simple game for him, and you need, you're going to need like someone to step up in that part of the, for Green Bay. Right. It's, they got to bench Sammy Watkins. He's killing them. I mean, some of the bad Rodgers so throws slow. are like that he— Quiet quits on the on a route, you know, like that that throw where people kind of blame Rodgers at the end of that game. That was to Watkins. It was like Sammy Watkins essentially gave up on that. It was a bad route. (laughs) It was a bad (laughs) route. Pretty much like stopped playing. Uh, But their pass defense is tough to go against the Packers. That is, and so I'm curious to see Hurts in this game. I think he's showing development. To your point, the Colts are a really good defense, and that touchdown that he threw to make it uh, to get to ten points late in that game was. From the pocket, getting to his second or third read. The play where they got the pass interference penalty on the final drive was him really staying patient in the pocket uh, and getting to like his fifth read, essentially, and, and just making a play. But he wasn't trying to just win the games with his legs. And then a little later... He did. So I think he's more patient right now. Rodgers, when he gets down, tries to play a little hero ball, just tries to go for the big play instead of moving it down the field. Hopefully Romeo Dobbs returns in this game. Have a little Dobbs-Watson rookie combo mm. there. Something. I think, Roger, I think we're going to see the good Rodgers again, but at the same time, Jeez, he's been a tough guy to figure they're out this year. They're still entertaining. I'm not at the point where I'm mad that they're in prime time. To me, this I just, is a good I think this it's a stunning game. how just, much more you two enjoy this Packers team than I do. I just, I don't really have this belief. is not the word. I think they'll well, cover, you're not though, too. In I'm them, with though. Dan that they'll keep, keep I, it close. I saw I Rodgers totally melt at the end of that Titans game. I think that the Packers, despite their poor record, are not a bad team. They're just having a bad year. I think the record is what they are. Hmm. Well, I guess we're going to find out on Sunday Night Football. Sell it, baby. Monday we'll Night Football now. The Pittsburgh Steelers. Listen, I get it. I get the schedule makers on this one. You thought the Steelers are the Steelers. And <laughs> Tougher one to sell. Yeah, they've, been never, they've never been sub-500 under Mike Tomlin. They had a rookie quarterback you could kind of talk yourself into, or maybe Mitch Trubisky. No, it didn't work out that way. They're 3-7, and seven, last place in the North. And then you have the Colts, who we just talked about, uh, blew that game against the Eagles um, in their building. And now they are, again, hosting. So, I mean, what, what gets you excited about this game, Mark? Well, I, I, for me, uh, with the Colts to see if they can continue to play better. I thought you said you just said it. They put the clamps on the Eagles for a big chunk of that game, uh, which is impressive. I mean, three weeks ago we were selling the Colts down the river, and I want to see if I, I am interested in always watching Kenny Pickett to see his development. It is interesting to me that Jermaine Pratt, the Bengals linebacker, came out of that Bengals Steelers tilt on Sunday saying. They basically just ran the same play over and over. They telegraphed what they're doing, and we mm. could see what they were doing before. Now, that's a complaint that Bill Belichick noted about the Patriots offense a couple weeks back. And so this stuff happens. I get it. But it's not a great look for an offense that's been so simplified. And really, to me, Kenny Pickett is such a hot and cold act that I don't see why a really good Colts defense can't come out of here with a win. I think the Colts are a better overall team right now. 
I struggled to pick this game on the website. I did end up taking the Steelers. Maybe that's wishful thinking. We're going to be trying to sell this game in a big Monday Night Football recap next week. This you is like are. the first uh, <laughs> Dan and first I will one not between be losing teams. Anything. Phoebe Schechter is going to join I'll be me. on the couch. I'm excited for that. That's she, nice. She, you like Phoebe. She's great. Over there in Scotland. Okay, you you said town, you're sick of the same teams in, in prime time. Sorry. No. Connecticut. I can't keep track. I have multiple hometowns. She grew up in my hometown, so I have a, a connection to her. Okay, right? I like that. Welcome yeah. to the Week 12. Pre- right, no, uh, <laughs> I We haven't seen these teams in primetime much. I mean, we saw the Colts that one time against Denver, which was one of the worst games of the season. I would say my choice as the worst. Uh, and uh, the Steelers haven't been in primetime. So I am kind of fun to see them in that spot because the running backs in this game are playing better lately. I am kind of fun to see I, them in I that spot. I can't speak. <laughs> I'm kind of looking forward to it. I don't mind it because both of these offenses are playing better than they were a few weeks ago at least. Pickett's played his best two games since the bye. Najee Harris seemed like he needed that week off and now is playing better. Jonathan Taylor looks a little mm-hmm. healthier. George Pickens becoming a little more consistently mm-hmm. a thing and Paris Campbell becoming a little more consistently a thing. So I want to think this is at least going to be like a 21 to 20 game and there's a lot of like insider Jeff Saturday because he worked at ESPN footage that we can kind of laugh at and have fun with. Okay. That that does less for me. Can I sell the Steelers for you? Yes, please. With one nugget? (laughs) The 24-yard touchdown from Pickett to Pickens last week was their first touchdown of over 10 yards on the entire season. So maybe they're breaking through. They had two two in it. They had a run and a pass. Those are the two longest plays for scores in their whole season, which gives you an idea of what's going on here. But you know what? Genius. But you know what? They have a rookie quarterback who's a project, and they're going through the ups and downs. They put so. up 30 last week. I don't think that can be yeah. totally ignored. You know, I think Their best half of offense all season was the first half against They're the not unwatchable. They're not unwatchable. They're they're a team that's developing, and, and uh, I can see them even finishing strong with the coach that they have there. And on the Colts side with their offense – it, it, there were little Denver Broncos vibes there because they go 75 yards down the field on the opening drive, and Jonathan Taylor looks awesome again. They averaged 20.9 yards per drive and scored three field goals the rest of the way. So it's just like their offense is still bad, and Matt Ryan's still old. Well, that's what These I meant about the Eagles' defense really winning that game for the right, last week because they shut they, – what the Colts can do, it's pretty limited, and they took it away. It's an easier matchup, but it is Matt Ryan indoors. I trust him a lot indoors because those balls do take a little while to get there in general. Uh, but it seems a, a little more than worse. I trust you indoors. It's or, what does that even mean? He's untrustable. Very Randy yeah. indoors. Yeah. <laughs> Let's move to the draft and starting the draft for around the NFL is none other than the legend himself. Sizzler. Sizzler. Edward. <laughs> Sizzler. <laughs> This guy it. gets it. His franchise has been struggling. It. Can he turn it around with the one that, pick? I think that you're overselling <laughs> that whole product a little bit much. Um, I mean, there's only one place to go. Mark is so filled with pride right now after the intro. <laughs> well, I really appreciate that from both of you. I mean, I'm looking up and down the lineup. There's only one option. You'd have to be yeah. a mental patient not to uh, pick Bengals at Titans. Agree. I mean, we got we got a really nice Thanksgiving slate. So there's a couple winning team versus winning team here. This is the only like positive record, positive record game on the entire weekend slate, um, which is concerning. That's not what you're hoping for. But this is a classic to me because right now (laughs) you've got it is it is in this season, in this weird season, because the Bengals quietly (laughs) have the third ranked scoring (laughs) offense. And I think we're like, when are the Bengals going to 
actually become a little bit more like they were last year. Well, I think they're getting there. They're like without Jamar Chase and without Joe Mixon, they still put up 37 points against Pittsburgh last week. And mm. then you have the Titans to me, where Mike Rabel has found a way, mm. um, especially Your coming team. off of that is my new like Grave Digger. We're going to bring him in, in a second here. Like Grave Digger and I have um, a partnership on the Titans because very I brave think, to get on the Titans as they've won you know seven of eight games. Well, I called it. A, I asked if I was allowed on the bandwagon. Yeah. I didn't. I didn't sell it as something noble or <laughs> from the middle of the like the you know some other age or something. I just want to see if they can do week after week. They are nullifying offenses. They have essentially not. They have not lost since week two, except for that one little three-point loss to the Chiefs. They haven't well, allowed twenty points since week three. I'm just saying. Not trying to take are, the air out of the balloon, but they, the Titans yeah. are like, like are ignored no matter what they do. We know that. Not any. We not on this show anymore. Not, not on the show, with, but in not general, with old grave not with old behind the glassy. Here. Mike Vrabel to me is ignored as a coach. He's the better <laughs> coach in this game by a lot, and I, he's put the clamps Whoa. on so many offenses. What can he do against the Bengals? I think it makes sense that Gravedigger was a great nickname, but going forward, behind the glassy seems like <laughs> much more clever and should mm. be the name going forward. I I'm fascinated by this game too. I, I it is I don't know about a classic, but I it is by far the game I want to watch the most this week. I think it's a classic, like in this little within season. the prism of week twelve it, of not, the twenty twenty two season. The NFL like milieu entire is what it right. is. Right. Yeah. <laughs> we'll take it it's, this week. It's going to be telling too because I expect both these teams to make it to the playoffs. Mm. It's a rematch of uh, kind of it. ships passing in the night, you know, sliding doors situation in the last season. Who, who yeah, knows true. what would have happened mm-hmm. if uh, the Bengals didn't get out of there. <laughs> and and more important than that, there are two teams that I feel a lot better about right now than I did two months ago. I mean, remember the Bengals start 0-2. The Titans now with Traylon Burks returning and go, looking Greg. like – Someone who can contribute, and Bobby Trees, Robert Woods out there looking like he's got a little more. Finally, juice. moving the chains, Gravedigger, and, and Ryan Tannehill throwing dimes with his best game of the season in Green Bay against a good pass defense. Okay, now you're showing me you can be more of a complete team. We know what their defense can do, and that is just confuse opponents and hold them under 20 better than just about any team, no matter who's out on the field. They're tough. I I can't pick against the Titans at this point. Yeah, uh, Gravedigger, jump on. A second, because I think um, did we we've banned it on the show, um, or at least on that side of the table. I think I'm still what? clear. I think the Titans are starting to get their flowers, and I think it's because no, what you happened. Can't say that this is the whole show. I, I think thought it was banned. on that side of the table. I I was more asking why it's been. And it's not just a Greg no, thing. It's showing up on Twitter all over the much. place. It was too much. It's showing up everywhere all of a sudden over like a three week period. Yeah, it's and one it's of those like things. we've reached a it's tipping a point. It's become a crutch in it's, society. It has lost its um whatever sort of magnetism it has is gone. The scent of the flowers. Yes, is right. Kill dissipated. it. Um, Justin, I do think in, on some level. Uh, for people that are following the game and the sport, I thought the the Packers game and the performance by Tannehill, um, and um, unfortunate what happened to Todd Downey after the game, but um, his the 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 call, the fact that they did it without Henry, I think a lot of people were like, man, you know what? Frable's great. The Titans are really good. They are. It's good that they're in the mix in the AFC because they keep things fresh and are going to keep teams on their toes. I think the Titans are getting love right now. I think the Titans are viewed and they should be viewed as a real contender. I agree. I, I find it very difficult to pick against them right now. Me too. I wish I had locked them up last week instead of going with the uh, terrible Vikings that I that I chose. Ooh, but... <laughs> Mr. Vine, the glassy dropped in a big spot. Um, here's a stat for you. 
Mike Vrabel. We got to get him in the makeup chair before the shows. I know, right? I need to shave, too. Oh, I think it anyway, looks, skin looks um, great. Clean it up. It's great. Mike Vrabel coming off extended rest, a.k.a. following a bye or a Thursday night <laughs> Look, game. Look, he built out a board, a video board. 9-0 and record, averaging 28.4 points per game, <laughs> allowing 10.7 points per game with an average margin of victory of 17.7 points. Woo-wee. This was not a John Madden make up the stats. I researched No, it's this like one. a mini mini Andy Reid scenario did here. Did you, and this for people that are watching this on NFL Network, did you build out a full video uh, screen board for every single uh, game, or was it just your team? No, this was, I sent these numbers over to Drew, and he decided that they were worthy of a, of a board. That is so. no, it, it is notable. It's a great board. And Good I th- job. I think Mark said it. The coaching advantage is clearly on their side. We don't know if Jamar Chase is going to play. They could be getting him back, which is a... Burrow um, said he expects him to play. There is, um, there is he crutches last week? Right. Yes. Burrow said that, you know, sometimes the players are a little more optimistic than, than the... Then the team will see if Joe Mixon plays. But you're right to put up that many points without those two guys last week. Their offense is starting to hum. You have the game where right. Mixon dominates on the ground against Carolina, who's a good run defense, and then you dominate Thank you, Greg. A, an average Steelers. Finally. What? Because you were kind of bagging on the Bengals throughout the season, and you've come around. They, this I don't know if I've totally come them. around because I still have major doubts about the defense and right now. But we're talking about the offense specifically. Okay. You well, they, they were all it. over them. They have to show it. They also they need this game. Their their schedule after the Tennessee tilt is Kansas City, New England, Buffalo, Baltimore, Tampa Bay, and what? one or one or two other. That's the hardest schedule in the exactly. league. Exactly. So it's like there are no breaks for the defending AFC title. We will take team. a break right now. Sure. And then we'll. Get back but we to didn't go to the tw- Super Bowl. Back to the Week 12 preview. We'll be right back. <laughs> you go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because it ain't me? <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Are you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like meh? Then it's time for an upgrade with the power of Clorox Sentiva. With an uplifting scent that smells like coconut, Clorox Sentiva gives you powerful clean like Clorox, but a feeling like ah being transported to a tropical island retreat. 
imagine putting your phone on Do Not Disturb, tuning out all the constant, just the feeling of warm sand in between your toes and a fruity drink in your hand. The ones with the little umbrella. Refresh your home to feel like an all-inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva. Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store. All right, welcome back. Let's see. Let's get to the second pick. It is the property of Tugboat. And, you know, I want to, obviously, it would have been a home run. Oh, yeah, Rams at Chiefs. But the Rams were in that. Oh, and the that's, schedule that's what makers. everyone was expecting. That was supposed to be a big right. national game. That was supposed to be the game of the year. Did they ever? And uh, instead, it is not my pick. And uh, so I will go with the game that's most interesting to me, which is the Bears at the Jets. Greggy, um, just giving you, I was just giving it to you a little bit on being slow on Cincinnati's offense, which you push back on, and that's fine. Now I'm going to give you some not flowers. <laughs> I'm going to give you something else. A trophy. Credit. Yes, credit. Because you did uh, properly forecast the Jets quarterback situation because Robert Sala announced in his press conference on Wednesday morning that, yes, Zach Wilson is benched. Not even just benched. He's inactive for this game against the Bears. And it will be Mike White who draws the start. And I have some thoughts on this, but let's let's hear from Robert Sala on the decision. So the big thing I want to make sure I address on this one, um, just want to make sure you guys all listen to this very carefully, please. Uh, <laughs> Zach's career here is not over. What I know that's going to be the narrative. I know that what that's what everybody wants to wants to shout out, and that's not even close to the case. The intent, the full intent, is to make sure Zach gets uh, gets back on the football field at some point this year. Hmm. Which is interesting. Maybe. Um, maybe. But that that. That's kind of hollow because if Mike White plays really well, they're not taking that guy out of the lineup. I don't think that happens, but I, I thought – so the ATN Media Insider, obviously when this news comes down, I got I got texts out all over to people that know things. Mm-hmm. Um, and the general gist I'm getting is that this – it could just could not be ignored what was happening in that locker room. And that's the one thing I didn't take into account ATN, when I thought ATN, when ATN, they would ATN, give – that when um, the Jets wide receivers and the, the, the skill players have hit a, a tipping point, a breaking point, and Salah had almost was had to make this move to save the locker room relationship. Uh, and that's that was my first take, Greg, that this has to be way worse behind the scenes than is even hmm. being reported. And we've heard some trickles out there that the way Wilson was carrying himself, even behind the scenes, was rubbing certain players the wrong way. Obviously said the wrong things in the press conference. But it, it put the Jets in the position, the solid position, to take a number two overall pick from last year and now put him on the bench. Extraordinary things had to be happening behind the scenes, and that was what I thought. I, I agree because they're the ones watching the tape every week. I mean, they're in it more. And practicing every week. They know how bad he is. And I, I just think it's gotten a little spun that like, well, he's, he's a second-year player and well, this or that. It's like you're trying to win games. And I think Robert Sala views this a little more as a defensive coach and maybe a former defensive player than if you were an offensive coach. And you're trying to win games. And I, I think the way he positioned it there, I was glad he did it that way. That this isn't the end of his career. It was interesting that he said the the hope, the the plan, the intent is to even get him back this year. 
I kind of expect that myself, even when he made this, that he's viewing it like we're going to sit him down, that quarterbacks shouldn't be so fragile and so much different than every other position that you can't rotate them a little about sit him down. Obviously, it is different than other positions and you have to handle it differently publicly and they're the most important player and then they're the only one that touches the ball. But this doesn't mean that his season's over, or his career's over, but he's not allowing them to win and they're no dummies. He's playing terrible and it's not... It's not that one game against the Patriots. It's all the games. It's the games that they won and that he contributed a tiny little bit to helping them win. And it's looking at the stats the last couple of years when Mike White and Joe Flacco were running the same offenses and they were actually including all these other great players that are on the team. Corey Davis, now he's hurt, but he he was there. And Elijah Moore. And now you want to see Garrett Wilson like you did early in the year. Like, let's include them in the game plan and we can do that with Mike White. It's It's a huge move. And I, I, I really love it by Robert Sala because it shows me no matter where he was on this four days ago when it's or, or a week ago and it was like this is not we're not making a change. You listen to your locker room because this this came around team meetings um, and they were asked Sala was asked did Zach Wilson lose the locker room and his quote I found to be pretty telling. He said maybe there's a little irritation at the moment dot 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 but I don't think there's hate. Right, which is a very strong word to even bring up there. Right. But I thought that was also kind of telling not telling on the team but the amount of frustration behind the scenes right. is that he feels they don't hate him. They just really don't like him or well, uh, the way he's they playing. They believe that they can go win a title this year. Right. Or, but it, that, that's the football part and I get it. Right. But I think the other thing is like you don't th- this is a first round pick that this does like a number I, two overall. I think there pick. is a question. I, I I'm not trying to like create a hot take here, but with, these things can spiral to a certain place where they've got to figure out who they are after this special season going forward. We may not. I'm not so sure we see Zach Wilson again uh, as a Jets starter. I think all I, that I depends think that's, on how these backups play, and who knows? Does Flacco get a shot if White doesn't play the guitar? Um, I think you hit on it a little bit yesterday, Mark, that the Jets developed faster than anyone expected. Yeah, which, which is a has, good thing. Yes, which has had played into why this happened at all. Because if the Jets were still bad like last year, it probably wouldn't have been a big story. The one thing I will push back against, Greg, that you said, it's not just the Patriots' loss, but I think both Patriots' losses in three weeks, what that means uh, for the organization, the fans, uh, the players getting embarrassed um, by the way things played out, on Sunday and how that game ended, I think whether it should be or not, I think that played a bigger part than just his season-long struggles. It was flopping against that team. It's fair. That matters. I think to that, that created to the a Jets. quickening. That was a quickening. Right. Here because- when I heard Garrett Wilson say, you know, losing the teams we should be beating, I was like, oh man, you're talking about the Patriots and yeah. Foxborough. But that's how they felt. And even thinking back to Zach Wilson immediately after that first loss, being like, well, we'll see him again in two weeks. I think the Jets to Robert Sala's credit, are a supremely confident team who thinks they're really good for good reason, and that's helped them be this good. And so losing to that Patriots team in the way that they did, yeah. Pretty crazy. On the Bears side of it, as we get into this game, Justin Fields uh, was cleared to practice on Wednesday. So, you know, he was described as day-to-day by Ibraflus on Monday. Uh, The fact that he's cleared to practice as, as this tapes, I don't know, we don't know yet, but let's assume he does practice today. That does most likely, barring a setback, put him on track to play against the Jets, who, as we talked about, have a very good pass rush and will get after a quarterback and uh, Justin Fields will take a beating every once in a while behind that offensive line. So that's something to track. But I, I, as a fan, I want to see Justin Fields on the field. It will make it a interesting game. 
As a Jets fan, though, if Trevor Simeon plays in this game, it's like lock central. Whereas if Justin Fields plays and he's moving around well mm. enough, they have a chance. I think the Jets' run defense is, is good, but I'd still rather try to run on them in general, certainly when Justin Fields is your quarterback. And they run block well uh, for in Chicago, and I think... I, I think I'd give him a chance with Justin Fields. Otherwise, it's tough because the the other side of this Mike White move is the schedule for the Jets in terms of the defenses they're facing could not be easier. And the Bears' defense, since they traded Roquan Smith, is dead last in the league in DVOA and EPA. They're, they're a terrible defense. And this starts a run of games where you would think Mike White can have some Wait, You just some need success. vaguely competent quarterback play for to, to sidecar this Jets' defense, and you could be on a roll. I mean, they, Jets' defense could make life tough for if Fields is in there or not. Five-plus sacks in three straight games – They've never. That's the longest streak of that in Jets history. We've been talking about Jets pass rush and needing this or that for a long time. It's coming from different parts of the defensive line. They are totally well coached and formidable. It's the biggest challenge that Justin Fields, if he plays, will face. Salah's done a great job overall. And Justin Fields, how much has he meant to this offense? He leads the NFL with 15 offensive touchdowns since week seven. So they need him on the field. The next pick goes to Greg Rosenthal. All right. I'm going to take the Ravens and the Jaguars, two teams I haven't got to watch uh, enough this season and that I enjoy, and I think this game is going to be closer than people expect. That it, actually, the Ravens aren't even favored by that much because the Jaguars managed to— What are the Sharps saying? It's a four-point four spread here. And the Ravens have looked great on defense the last few weeks, and that's why I'm really intrigued by this game because Trevor Lawrence has played his best two games in terms of two games in a row the last couple weeks before the bye of his career. Really good decision-making, threw the ball accurately, and now he plays a defense which is creeping up on the conversation, I think, as the best defense in the league because you look – at all the different levels. And you think back to September when they were giving up all those big plays. That is not this team anymore. They're healthier. I think Roquan Smith has unlocked Patrick Queen. Queen's been a really strange player for the Ravens where he's incredibly boom or bust. And I kind of thought their defense goes as Patrick Queen goes. And now he's not asked to make the calls. He's just kind of over there uh, at the weak side, asked to just make big plays. And he's been on fire the last couple of games. Roquan Smith is obviously very good, can be good in coverage against uh, some of the Travis Etienne and what they like to do with their running backs in the passing game. I think that matchup, Jaguars on offense, Ravens on defense, Calais Campbell, our guys playing great. Like their secondary is very deep. They had all those injuries, but most of those guys have come back. I think they really could end up carrying this team along with Lamar to a great stretch run because they have a very easy schedule. The Bengals are the only team that the Ravens play the rest of the year that have a winning record. It sets up well. And to your point, Patrick Queen has his two best grades of the season since Roquan mm. Smith hit the scene. Last week, I think what you saw from like in a tight, weird game against the Panthers where they needed someone to step up. The play of Marcus Peters and the play of Marlon Humphrey just showed you that this defense, when you're getting that linebacker play and you're, you're getting up front, it, it kind of just sets the whole situation up to succeed. And I think the Ravens right now, when they're good on offense, can completely beguile an opponent. We saw that against the Saints. Uh, the Jaguars, to me, do not... 
I like what we've seen. We've been asking for this from Trevor Lawrence, and he got the number two and number three PFF scores of any quarterback in the league his last two games. Hmm. To your point about it, finally showing us that he can do this without the wacky overthrows, the off-target passes. He's diminishing some of that. He's making plays. Travis Etienne is averaging 102 yards per game. So it does present some challenges for the Ravens, but I am very confident that Baltimore How will take this extremely confident. At what High, level? High, extreme, top levels of confidence where I'm taking out my key and sticking it in the lock, Ew. and I'm locking it up, baby. Oh, Dan's going to do it too now. I can just feel it in the Well, air. we've had great success when, you, when we've done that together. I will take that key. <laughs> All right. And I'll thank you. Sure. And I'll drive to the ocean. And I will throw that key into the Pacific. That's where you bring Oh! Because it will never be opened. Because I, too, will lock up the Ravens. Yeah, you got it. You yeah, this got is it. a really good setup, I think, for Wait, Baltimore. But your, yours isn't locked yet because you threw it in the ocean. It's, it's still well, wide I, open. The reason why is because I don't even use the lock to lock a padlock. I just click it. Okay. I think uh, we have the same lock. You it's chose to use uh, yeah. the, the key, which you could do it that way, too. Actually, that's not how you do not it. Not really, but, right, but what right. I did, I took the key. We don't need to worry about opening this. Right. So I just threw it. Not good. Like the old lady well, in the that's Titanic. That's why we're a great team. So if you get the, the lock, lock wrong are, and it's in the ocean, I, do I just win the competition for the year? No, no, how you does definitely, that work? jumps off a boat and, yeah. and finds it at the bottom it. of the sea. I'll, okay. I'll, I'll discover it somewhere. <laughs> the tugboat will take us out. Yeah. And then uh, yeah, Mark I'll will do put the on the An incredible swimmer. People don't know that about Mark. <laughs> uh, the, the Ravens' offense, is it's a thing. They average 33 points a game in the first uh, three weeks. They've averaged 21.3 uh, points per game since. It's the passing game mostly that's an issue. The running game is very good. Um, the um, Lamar Jackson stats are down, obviously, along with that. But the Ravens are up against the Jacksonville defense. It's 24, 24th in the league in passing yardage allowed. They do not get to the quarterback. Yeah. Not that they could even if they tried with the Lamar, but that's going to potentially open up great, great situations for Lamar, Lamar, both passing and throwing the ball. And with Mark Andrews another week back from his injury, I think this is going to be a get-right game for the offense. And that doesn't mean Trevor Lawrence isn't going to continue his ascent, but he has a tall task ahead of him as well. I like this as a, let's say, a 28-17 to win. Yeah, I just think it's so different for teams that don't regularly see a Lamar Jackson. They don't regularly see a Justin Fields. I mean, I'm not that concerned about a team not having seen Trevor Lawrence. You can deal with that. But like division AFC North opponents have spent entire off seasons figuring out how to stop Lamar Jackson. The Jaguars, not so much. And I just always think that's an extra little advantage for these running quarterbacks. I, I liked how Demarcus Robinson really stepped up last week and what maybe the best game of his career if he can be a steady number two to Andrews because DuVernay is just not that guy that would really help they might get Gus Edwards back the running game definitely struggled and John Harbaugh had some optimism about Ronnie Stanley and Kyle Hamilton two of their key he starters the but same especially ankle, but he's... Stanley that they might even pl- be playing this week so that that's a good sign for, for the Ravens offense Greggy I'm going to the Seahawks, Seahawks and Raiders. 
I think I've watched Geno live in almost every game possible this year. And now the fun stuff is starting to happen. Their schedule really is favorable. If the Seahawks keep winning these games as favorites, they're going to go to the playoffs. They might even win the division or get a high seed. But I I think they're still such a young team that you can't uh, assume too many things. They're coming off of a bye here. And offensively, I want to see them show that they can dominate and win a game without a lot of help from the defense because this Raiders defense is so consistently bad. It makes no sense. Yeah, Max Crosby is on this team. And as Baldy, our, our friend Brian Baldinger likes to point out every week. Colleague. He, yeah, well, we've done a lot of hits. I, I think we're, I think we're like, there's yeah, a hung out strong. socially. There's a yeah. sort of a work Friendly friendship. Strong. He once gave a us work, like work advice. Remember the career advice? That was nice. You know, It was terrible advice, though. <laughs> no, I don't remember what it was. I uh, <laughs> I don't get it. If you look on Football Outsiders, they have a stack called Variance, which is like how consistent the team is week to week. The Raiders' defense is by far the most consistent defense in the league. They are consistently terrible. Like they never even have a they week stink. where they pop up. Unless they're playing the Broncos. Right. <laughs> I guess they're a little bit. Even then, I think Russell Wilson had his best two games of the year against the Raiders' defense. And so you look at... Geno Smith, and you look at the options, especially in the secondary, that he's going to have. The Raiders' pass defense is so bad that you just think they should be able to put up 30. So I want to see Pete Carroll stay aggressive, coming out of the bye, go pass first, and go put 30 up, and hopefully not sweat this game out too much. I uh, What? I'm a little worried about this game for your Seahawks. I feel like the the Raiders... Um, with the pressure off their back, they know they're kind of out of it. And the owner gave them a little bit of a pass here just to to play ball. They're coming off a win and some good vibes in overtime, finally winning a close game. I could see them feeling pretty good going to Seattle to face the Seahawks team that you showed just, a, You just started like to root against the Seahawks. No, I'm just yeah. saying the Seattle showed maybe a little bit of some cracks in Munich. Their struggles to get off the field on third down, which were massive in the early portion of the season. Um, it returned. The the Brady Bucks were 10 of 13 on third down conversions in non-kneel down situations. And I could just see those third downs again with Derek Carr and Devontae Adams, the best wide receiver in the league maybe. Um, they're going to give them a lot. They're going to give them a handful. I'm not saying they're going to win. That's, they always this learn in one-score game. games. They're yes. a good offense, and I tend to agree that it, it'll play itself close. I, I don't – feel a lot of concern for the Seahawks in this. I, I appreciate your appreciation for the Raiders in this, stand, but this is a terrible defense. Geno Smith has been deadly with the deep passing. He If he has three more deep touchdown shots this season, he breaks the NGS record going back to 2016. Woo-hoo-hoo! That's not what we thought Geno Smith was two months ago. I mean, we we Greg, you had the Geno Smith on thing going on in the offseason. I think that we have to just see this is who he is at this point. There's so many ex-teammates coming out of the woodwork saying little nuggets about who Gino was and preparing in those when he was in the shadows that this is the guy. It's not going away. And I know the Bucks shut down the run game in Germany. That, I think, was a big reason Seattle couldn't get unshelved there early on. But they played well down the stretch. Gino made some throws in that game. I thought what Mark Sanchez said on our show last week was the most enlightening thing I've heard about Geno Smith. And it it unlocks a lot it unlocked a lot for me because the Geno Smith that was on the Jets six or seven years ago is not this guy. Like that was the whole thing. Like he even said Sanchez, the guy was skinny fat. Like he was a he was a young, undeveloped quarterback who hadn't learned how to play the position. He ended up going through the wars of the NFL and to his credit, Geno 
he learned the right lessons from the right players when he was out of the shadows. And the guy that has emerged and Rivers and Eli, right? Yeah. I think it's post Jets, I but give, he, yeah, no, yeah, but I'm saying right. like. This is not who he's always been, but this has been a road that he was on, and and I think he deserves credit for that, and I think Pete Carroll deserves credit for that because I think what Carroll saw um, in the last year or two years or three years was that this guy had been had changed. None of else, none of us had seen it yet. Greg, on some level, did, but it was kind of a bit that turned into a real thing. I always thought um, early on he showed true quarterbacking skills with some problems too, but the type yeah. of things that lead to a long career. So that I just thought that the Sanchez comments really unlocked things for me. And I agree. I don't think there's going to be a collapse this year. I would have thought that a couple of months ago, but now it seems like what we've learned is that this is a different guy. So different. And he's going to go out and get the win this week. I thought long and hard about locking the Ravens, but I was afraid everyone would be on that game. And I was right. So instead I'm locking the Seahawks to get this win. Call. I like oh. that. Yeah, I like that. Is that you, a Seahawks sound? You just don't seem very confident. Yeah, almost like a guy that slightly shaky. Picked well, a locker for a team that lost by thirty-seven <laughs> points last week. <laughs> I'm never confident in my lock ever again. After Why are such you not? Can I just say, Justin? Yeah, lock you're the Titans. a Titans fan. I know, Justin. They have lost once in two months. <laughs> if you just and you know they're they going to keep the winning. Bengals this week, Justin. If you just pick the Titans every week. Mm-hmm. I promise you, you're going to come out of this in good shape. Well, I would have more correct wins than I do now with six because the Titans have eight. Or yeah, but Dan is trying to, Dan's trying to lure you into a tough spot this week, so I wouldn't listen. I, I still um, like and enjoy that the lock competition is an individual competition, but there is something satisfying that Dan, myself, and Mark are ahead of all these other hangers-on, like Justin, oh hangers on. West Bros, and the listeners. It started with us! <laughs> that was like a little snapshot into Greg's brain, how he views anyone else. I yeah. like to trash talk. Greg has also tried to bury and remove the segment from our life multiple times. That's so I'm that intentionally too. doing worse than you guys so that you stay at the top. Yeah, thank that's you. My, that's that's, that's, good that's wise. That's exactly. smart. Anything else? I think we're good. We're good. Yeah. I, Derek Carter, I think, is playing for his job the next seven weeks, and I think he can play well enough to keep it. Jets quarterback Derek Carr? But I, I think he can play well enough to keep it, but I think that's a big part of the rest of the season. And, you know, he's coming off a good game. That's all. Get Seahawks out of, by get three. Get out of contract so easy if they want. Seahawks by three, you're saying? Yeah. You'll be happy, but you'll sweat it out. I, I tend to agree. I, I'm going by, like, four to six. All right, let's take a break. Going by 18. <laughs> Every time I throw a break, are you going to do that? Yes. <laughs> we'll be right back. Gotcha. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think you could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. 
Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because it ain't me? <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Are you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like meh? Then it's time for an upgrade with the power of Clorox Sentiva. With an uplifting scent that smells like coconut, Clorox Sentiva gives you powerful clean like Clorox, but a feeling like <sighs> being transported to a tropical island retreat. Imagine putting your phone on Do Not Disturb, tuning out all the constant, just the feeling of warm sand in between your toes and a fruity drink in your hand. The ones with the little umbrella. Refresh your home to feel like an all-inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva. Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store. All right, welcome back, and it's now time for the Sunday Drive presented by Toyota. Let's drive over to Santa Clara, where the San Francisco 49ers and the New Orleans Saints will do battle. Is that what you wanted, Mark? Yeah, but yeah, I, but I, I think that's just logical. That after this contest, yes. um, the slate... Turns grizzly. Very ugly. It gets real ugly. Um, this game is good because, the, not that I buy into the Saints, but maybe, maybe there's a last gasp run in this team. Probably not, though. The more likely situation here um, for me is you get to watch San Francisco's offense again, which is um, obviously an unbelievable uh, performance against Arizona. And I just, I'm enjoying watching how Kyle Shanahan and Jimmy Garoppolo are making this whole thing work. And, um, you know, Greg, I heard you and Zumwalt in the Monday night recap, and you were talking about, you know, how they, um, how, how wisely they were distributing the targets and where, like, McCaffrey comes into this offense, which is interesting in that he's a essentially a check down dude. But the way the offense is so, you know, the defenses have to account for the, this offense. Mm-hmm. He gets the ball in space in a check down situation, and he always makes the first guy miss. And he always turns four yards into seven. 8 into 12, and 12 into more. And so you have that working. And you have the idea that this team, when everybody's on the field and Garoppolo in a healthy uh, place physically and mentally, which we can't forget that he was they were trying to get rid of him a few months ago. I think that's one of the craziest things about this season in the NFL, that they were done with Jimmy G. They had, they had quotes on the record. We did segments about it uh, with Kyle Shannon on the record, and now he's thrown four touchdown passes <laughs> on Monday Night Football and looking awesome. I think San Francisco, who are number five in the power rankings for me right now, they are as good as anybody in football right now. They're right. They're going to be rising up because I think they've now the McCaffrey trade works. Um, you you shipped into a, a a coach that knows how to use them. There's just too many weapons here for defenses to deal with. And we talked about the Cardinals matchup as a team in Arizona that could not deal with yards after the catch, and they just went nuts. Debo Samuel had all nine targets were fewer than ten air yards. And he's, and he's just doing what he normally does. Jimmy G has won 14 games in a row when he doesn't throw an interception. So you're getting this version of Jimmy G over the last month plus, and I, the clean version of Jimmy Garoppolo can take them to the Super Bowl. 
It, their def- it's By the way, where's the weakness? The defense is absolutely destroying teams. So I, the Saints, to me, that you know, they go get destroyed by Pittsburgh a couple weeks ago. Andy Dalton's a turnover machine. Last week, he looks great. They're just so up and down. But I don't see them coming in here and finding a way to snuff out the Niners. I don't know if anyone can at this point. Right. I look at this matchup, and it was kind of a... A great, relatively forgotten classic uh, playoff game about a decade ago. That was one of my Absolutely. one of my favorites. Alex Smith, yeah, and and Drew Brees going at it. I mean, it was maybe the, the best moment of Alex Smith's career. I loved that game, and I look at these two franchises, and and yeah, the Saints are coming off a win. I felt like that was fool's gold. The the Rams are slump busters right now. They make you feel like you actually might be back in the season, like the Cardinals. And then, no, then you got to play the 49ers and face reality. When you look at the two lines, and the, the 49ers are quietly healthier than they've been other times in the year. They're getting healthier. They're adding guys like McCaffrey. Whereas the Saints are still really injured on both sides. When you look at that defensive line of the 49ers matching up against the Saints, it is should be a bloodbath. And then when you look on the other side and the Saints can't get any pass rush pressure, at the end of that game when they lost Peyton Turner and Davenport's hurt and Cam Jordan's hurt, they got no pressure on the Rams, but it was the Rams, so they couldn't take advantage. They actually made Stafford look better than he's looked all year. So when you're dominating up front like that, I think this is going to be a total take it to the woodshed situation. And we're not allowed to lock up uh, games over seven. We should be allowed to lock up uh, the point spread because that's supposed to be 50-50. But you know what the version of locking up the point spread is? (laughs) It's when it starts raining up in the Bay Area. The Rainmaker's coming out. The 49ers are covered nine easy. It's going to be a party in Santa Clara. Bye-bye, Saints. Please watch us on NFL Network or any other format because what? The Rainmaker graphic behind uh, Greg and I right now is marvelous, and it's on one of the days where Greg was wearing the glasses. And the glasses and always give for Greg a totally different vibe. Like, yeah, the vibe like is a bizarro like, Clark Kent vibe. Oh, I, I don't know if I'd go Clark Kent. I, yeah, that's sort generous. Of like an, I should say bizarro. A, agitated accountant? Like, <laughs> I mean, who's, I who's come say, across a spreadsheet he doesn't enjoy? Like, I don't know like, like, insurance um, salesman. Kind of yeah. like... Um, overworked guidance counselor in the inner city from 1987 yeah kind of that vibe we need a new graphic (laughs) Uh, but you know what the grain maker's doing great this year three and one so you say the grain maker is he working in the heartland come along with me (laughs) Uh, also you know what last thing on the Niners offense which is so fun to watch I'm very happy with this pick in the draft considering everything Um, Elijah Mitchell who I really like as well who is their maybe kind of their lead uh, ball carrier, like uh, even though McCaffrey's there, the way this offense has looked the last couple of weeks, he had one touch in the first half, and uh, I think Shanahan was even asked about it, asked about it by ESPN. And then almost like Shanahan had to check a box, he's like, I know I'm going to score like three to four touchdowns. Let me just make sure he get. So I just gave it to him for eight for sixty every right. time he touched the ball. Uh, it was uh, five, six, seven, eight yards pop. And uh, they, everything's working right now. The only thing, if I'm a Niners fan, is, is like, don't peak now. Don't peak mm. now. Yeah. Uh, because the team right now could beat anybody in the league. Just stay healthy because it feels like that's been an issue with the Niners year after year. And, and get dominant defensively. This is a matchup where I think you should be able to get after Andy Dalton, who's throwing the ball well when he has time, but he shouldn't have time. It was nice to see Jarvis Landry out. There again, making plays. I mean, their offense shouldn't be that bad, but I have no faith in that Saints defense to slow them down. Yeah, it's also possible that this team is hitting its stride at Thanksgiving and just rolls through the rest of the year. Mm -hmm. And there's a Lombardi. They have that look. 
And that was the Sunday Drive presented by Toyota. Mark Sessler, you're up next. All right, well, if we're agreeing as a group that we've just got dogs left on the schedule here, I'm going to pick things that I like to watch, and I like to watch the offense that hails from Miami. So I'm going to take Dolphins, Texans. Um, I don't expect this game to be uh, extremely competitive after watching a Texans team that squeezed out five yards in the first half against Washington a week ago. That was um, a game that I covered. I found that um, a fascinating little moment in the day to see an offense uh, dive bomb to such a degree that they have taken Davis Mills, shoved him into the background, and replaced him with Kyle Allen. I don't know what we're expecting to <laughs> no, get that's from the Kyle same Allen. That's actually it the same person. It probably is, yeah. but at least we think we can. You can convince the casual fan that it's a different human being. Maybe sell a couple extra jerseys. We saw Everybody Kyle wins. Allen I don't know who's win buying the game. Texas jerseys, but go ahead. <laughs> we saw Kyle Allen win a game internationally. Something not many NFL quarterbacks about can say they did. Yeah. Well, so, he is a very different quarterback, though. He's kind of a gunslinger that's going to throw the ball <laughs> deep and give the other team a lot of chances. Where Davis Mills is. To a fault, incredibly oh, safe. I remember and won't the Seapones over Davis Mills on this podcast, so let's well, not. He was in last year. I'm just saying they're very different. My point, my point is, even last year, Davis Mills was sort of defined by just play it very safe. Don't make a mistake. Don't make any big throws either. But just... Kyle Allen is more the Dan Marino 1984 quarterback. No, Kyle Allen's more the Taylor no. Heineke, I would say. <laughs> 19. Or 20, 20. Yes, good job though, Mark. This is kind of similar to my San Francisco pick, where it's I kind of got a feeling wh- the which way this game is going to go, uh, but at least you might get to see a team that's impressive on the field. I mean, I also I love seeing the Tua debate sort of just diminish it, it, to my interest level entirely at this point. He's been perfect in this offense, and we've said this week after week. There's nothing else to say. Just keep it, it going. It is some big different time teams. though. That I, Browns game was different, didn't you feel? I thought it was better. Check out this. Right. Yeah, I think he's. I think he's honestly just. You also, it's a new offense schedule. for him. He's growing in it week and week. I see what you're saying, Dan, but it's I'm also. I'm not doubting like, him. Let me it, just make I know that you're clear. Not, you're not, but it's like it's always when there is someone who is a figure of doubt. Yeah. It's always going to be okay, but now do this thing next. All he's being asked to do is that's go how out it works. there. So, but look at look at where I remember, and I was banging the drum on this for a long time on the podcast earlier this season where they were stacking yardage but scoring 16 to 20 points each week. And then that changed starting three weeks ago or four weeks ago. There's a buy here. At Detroit, they put up 31 and win. At Chicago, they put up 35 and win. Versus the Browns, they put up 39 and win. That much credit due. Right. Texans, they're going to put up 40 and they're going to win. I got San Francisco circled sure, next that, that week. That makes total sense. Let me see what Tua does against the top competition of big-time defense, and then I will ask no more questions. That, that'll be exciting, but Tua and the Dolphins and then Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs have separated themselves to me as the best two offenses in the league by far because they're doing what a lot of great offenses did back in a different era, which was 2020, the highest-scoring season in NFL history and somehow it's way different right now and the thing that they do is they're a great offense that drops a hammer consistently on terrible defenses and and that's unique in itself like that's a sign of a truly great offense they're so unique I I went back to watch that Browns game and I loved it because they're breaking defenses their receivers are just so deep when he gets to the back of his drop that they're already like 17 yards down the field and do you try to play some man coverage against them. I think that's what the the Patriots did in week one. They're going to try to do it when they play again because backing up in zone and just trying to deal with that 
opens up so much space for the running game, opens up so much space for the secondary receivers like Sherfield and Gasicki that it's like you're already losing before the play starts and you're hoping Tua can't make those tough throws. And that was what was different about that Browns game. Receivers weren't that wide open on the throws he made to the outside there. He was putting it into tough spots deep down the field and on the sidelines. And it's because of his timing and the offensive line is in sync. It's just, it's really something. He reminds me, a little bit if he reaches his ceiling, obviously, or beyond his ceiling what, that I expect is, is of Kurt Warner. Just like the timing and the touch is there that, yeah, the arm's not there, but it doesn't matter because the ball's out at the perfect time and it gets there even in tight coverage. He, he did that against the Browns. And in years past, he was not protected well. He was put under duress. Uh, that's a better situation for him. I just think it is an incredible testament to the Dolphins that not unlike when Kyle Shanahan went to San Francisco they were so feverish in the offseason in free agency to build the Shanahan offense get the right parts it wasn't the perfect parts but the way to make it work as fast as possible it's not we're in year three of this program or we're still looking for the right guy they the Dolphins went out and did it so quickly under Mike McDaniel they're a completely different operation than a year ago they have the number one pass DVOA above the Chiefs in the league right now they're a dominant offense Steve Young is the guy I think is the lefty side. I think Young was more athletic, uh, but his ability to the accuracy and the Mm -hmm. way he gets the ball right where it needs to be. uh, That's Tua when he's locked in. Hmm. And and I know Dolphins fans aren't going to get it in my mentions. Oh, what about the week two win against the Ravens? True. That was an awesome fourth quarter. But I'm really looking forward to now that the season has really kind of found its footing and these teams are where they are. Um, I'm there, put it this way. I'm very happy. I have the first overall pick next week. But they also beat the Bills, by the way. But right. I, but that, I, to Dan's point, though, it's different as the season builds. Right. And so we've never. We'll see them against the 49ers. That's awesome. We'll see them against the Bills. That's awesome. I'm curious to see them against the Patriots and Jets. Certainly, a second time a around. A big test here. Well, let's right. see if so, Bill Belichick can ever beat Tua because he's not done it yet. Right. But what he has done, it, like this, and it was only week one, but they scored 10 points on offense. So that was like actually their worst two a game yeah, of but this that's, season. Like, can I, let's also, week one in the new scheme. Right. Like, yeah. like, I think we're in, two, this is not that different points. than Matthew Stafford points. with the Rams when they broke out of their slump a year ago. It's like, new quarterback, new scheme. It doesn't happen in one that's week. It didn't happen with Kyle Shanahan and the Falcons. It happened in year saying two. We want to see great on great, and that's no, what's that's fun cool. about the season. schedule at San Francisco, at Chargers, eh. at Bills, tough home Packers, easy at Patriots, home Jets. Those are a lot of good defenses. AFC East. Yep. We now we see them play Tua. all against each other, and it's gonna. It, it's amazing how there's no losing records in either Eastern Division. I got a lot of respect for what two and the Dolphins has done. By the end of the regular season, we're going to know if they're an actual contender. We'll know. Or if they even go to the playoffs. We'll see. Ooh. Whoa, that would be a collapse. I think they're a contender. That could have been offense. All right, who's up? Who's up? Who's up? Mark. Yeah, I'm in the snake world. Uh I'm going to take my late game. I'm going to go Rams at Kansas City. Uh, again, I, I, I just I get to at least watch the Chiefs offense, um, which I think sometimes um, I know in our text threads away from work, uh, like on Monday night when they're just destroying people and uh, or on Sunday night. or I And I am just feeling I watch the same thing over and over. But it's a testament to like how consistent they are. Like Kelsey is playing out of his mind. Patrick Mahomes, like, adding elements to the game on the ground with his ability to run. They're just so incredible. Like, the throw to Jody Fortson a week ago was one of the better throws I've seen all season. I mean, Mahomes just does something week after week where it's like, 
This is new. He keeps recreating what we think about him, and they're totally unstoppable. And I don't even really want to talk about the Rams right now. Bryce Perkins is taking first-team reps, but it's just getting darker and darker. They cut Daryl Henderson. Uh, They're just parting ways with players. It's fair to wonder if we'll see Matthew Stafford again all year. I don't think we'll see Cooper Cup. That's that's out out the the mix. Our friend Jordan Rodriguez and, and everyone else covering that Rams beat, I am very ready for uh, expose to drop about what is going on. Well, I'm sure the cooking knows up right now. Maybe we'll give uh, our old producer a call. Maybe she'll get us some dirt. Let's 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 start digging here. What's going on with the Rams? Well, what's most concerning to me? Erica would never. And has been under the radar the last two weeks is the defense is just laid down. You know, it's like I I did not expect them to lay down against the Saints. When you see Juwan Johnson and Olave cooking mm. Ramsey, when you see the Cardinals who they they could have like if the defense could have stepped up and played competitive in that game against Colt McCoy, like they would have had a chance to win that game even. And the defense has given up long drive, can't get off the field. And you can't blame injuries on the defense. The defense has been healthy, and they just haven't been there. Donald is still grading out as one of the best players in the league. And I think if you watched it, he's not at the level that he's been, but he's still at like an all-pro or pro-ball level. So I'm not going to put anything on him. You're putting it on the roster construction and I guess some of the coaching that just – the stars and scrubs thing isn't working. In this last few weeks, it just feels like the defense isn't playing with the same level of intensity. Well, let's pop the hood on that because I agree with you. Uh, let's remember what happened on November 6th at Tampa when mm. the Rams defense got a huge stop at the end of that game and looked like they'd sealed a win that really could have reset their season. The offense goes three and out. They then let him right down the field. They lose the game. After the game, Jalen Ramsey, who is a star, uh, but also an emotional player, comes out in the media and basically trashes the offense and says, you're asking us to keep on making stops and we're not getting any help. And then you connect the dots of the next two weeks where the defense seems lethargic and no longer passionate about what they're doing. There's a lot of bad stuff going on with the Rams right now. Arthur, so that's feels why like, he's the host right it there. Feels like he tied that into a beautiful It feels bow. like there's four like or five that. teams where the defense and offense probably despise each other behind the scenes. Despise is strong. <laughs> what? It's probably, it's probably not Wait, personal. You had, an insurrection. you had an insurrection yeah, in Florham Park. But they're frustrated. The Rams, the Rams situation yeah. is about as dark as it gets. They're doing a good job, though, kind of keeping things out of the public eye. It's just like random Except things. Except for like, in the running back well, room. Well, I'm saying Daryl yeah, Henderson, like, it just like has a, a tweet after uh, after he was released with like uh, uh, prayer hands, I believe, and a big smile or something. Like, I want to hear some dirt about what's going on with the defending champions, one of the more disappointing seasons in that front. Let's move on. Shall we? Oh, no. I'm up again? Yeah. Oh, no. Drew, get in my ear. Let me know that I have to pick a terrible game. <laughs> All right, let me pick a bad game. Ooh, everybody pinch yourselves listening right now because Zeuser's doing it in real time. Do I want Denver at Carolina? No. Oof. Do I want Tampa at Browns? Not really, but hmm. hmm that's... You know what? I'll grab it. Bucks at Browns uh, in Cleveland. Cleveland's not a bad team. They're not bad. They really aren't. They have a bad record. It's not quite the Green Bay situation either because they their record is what they are. But I think they could definitely put up a fight here against Tampa. It depends what version of the Bucks offense shows up here. Um, 
I don't think Nick Chubb gets shut down two weeks in a row, so I expect him to move the ball. Is this the last start for Jake Brisket? Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is a very notable game, a pivot point in Brown's history, and Jake Brisket knows, barring injury, he's done after this game. Um, do I, Am I about to go off on – this is something like our friend Claybon would roll his eyes. Do I think – uh, that Jake Brisket could find more motivation uh, playing one more game against Todd Bowles and the Mighty Bucks and have a big day? Probably not. But you know it's on his mind. He wants to go out strong here. I think the Bucks are going to have their hands full in this game. So I, I kind of the more I think about this game, the more it makes sense to me. And a lot comes down to it, Mark, though, is, is Tampa Bay's offense. I mentioned how they did a better job on third down. Still, they didn't score uh, for much of the second half in, in Munich in that win over the Seahawks. So I still have questions, but we're seeing some growth on that side of the ball. They were balanced. Point. I thought that was a really encouraging. I, I, I'm not asking the Bucks to be perfect on offense. They're always working their way out of things. But Guys like Chris Godwin starting to play better. They could run the ball really well. Rashad White, I think, is a thing. I, I, I think at least for the rest of this season, he's sort of their dude on the ground. And you are playing. The one thing that doesn't seem to change, no matter who's going to be playing quarterback for the Browns, and we've talked about it week after week, their defense, because they, we can say they have stars on their defense. Denzel Ward right now is ranked as the 114th quarterback, cornerback by Pro Football Focus. Greg Newsom, who mm. was awesome a season ago, is the 62nd. Grant Delpit and John Johnson, their safeties. John Johnson, who was great with the Rams, are both in the 60s. You know These who's players pretty good are not is Emerson. Well. Is he ranked okay? He pops up. He yes, but like you'd like him to be a complimentary piece around all these right. other parts. It's it's Miles Garrett and nobody else. Their run defense is terrible. So I think the Bucks can be balanced again. And then Tom Brady, who has only lost to the Browns once in his entire life, and we know that game, that was the <laughs> Peyton Hillis, Cole McCoy paint, game. Paint the picture. That at this Ding. point is what over. Week, what week, what year? What paint year? Where week were you? Week 9, 2010. I was Jocks watching or it, No, I was watching at a Browns um, backers tavern up in Santa Monica, which I think no longer this exists. Is, this is a, um, a history of Dan and Mark at NFL.com. We got hired the same summer. Mark, what were you about three weeks before me? For a month, something like that. Yeah, I think I, I taught you how the computer system worked. When oh, you showed and it was up, unbelievable. So, yeah, it sort of set you to, up to fly. And you should have seen the way our great uh, boss Justin Hathaway, um, who's a good man, uh, the way Mark set things up those first two years. Mm. He got Sundays off, working for the NFL, and there's old Zeuser grinding away in that newsroom. And Mark is at every Browns bar you could find in Southern California. But you know what? It paid off because we've heard about this (laughs) Browns-Patriots game Roughly 38 times in so the history on. of the show. That was, seems low. It was one season, by the way. <laughs> Willie McGinnis' highlight of his Browns career. It was one season. Yes. And they, it, the reason was I was the person that came in at 4.45 in the morning on weekdays. But and I bet that, he made a, that trade. I bet he knew uh, what he was I doing. I to do that. But you don't sleep, so it's kind I, of a I home run for you. I was happy to do it, yeah, but I, don't, yeah. I, I think on the flip side, I, I'm not sure that you would have loved the 4.45 in the morning oh, thing. I did so. those too, buddy. All right. Well, you the did fi- everything. Dan, like Dan Hansis did everything, and he's just a wonderful part of the company. You don't think I, I was doing the five to two, six to threes? I even you, did when I, I came you do, out but here. You're largely a later shift guy because I would see you for only about twelve Same. two hours. I did him, buddy. I, lived I did it. late I nights too. Well, what? So I did the same shifts as you. What are we getting at here? Like what? What's... I work Sundays, and you didn't. For a season, <laughs> basically, <laughs> you owe. This and, is like, uh, you need to make it up in some way. Like highly petty. 
That's the way it is sometimes. Buddy. That is the way it is. Slice me off a piece of that Jake Brisket. Okay, that would get us back to the game. <laughs> we should talk Jake Brisket. He has played really well this season. I love what he said to the media on Wednesday that he knew the deal when he got there and that this was the deal. And he felt like I could be the perfect person to handle that. And he said, and I think I have been. Wait, I... I so agree. This was Bravo. a difficult situation. He's been a massive upgrade from Baker Mayfield. I think if I was doing the QB index this year, Mark, I'd have to Ooh. write it out. He would be squarely in the middle, yeah. which is a huge win. Yeah. If you're the Browns and Jacoby Brissett, this is the best he's looked since that Colts season, maybe even better. And I think he would have been getting talked up a lot this year. as one of the better stories in the league if their defense wasn't a tire fire because he's played well enough for them to have like a 7-4 and four type of record, but their defense Even just in that Dolphins it. game, he could have had an extra two touchdowns, I think. I, I'm with you, Greg. Like, he's been the perfect quarterback uh, locker room-wise during a really left, tough season. He's totally exceeded what I thought he'd be if on the, the field. If the Jets had him, they, they would be like, sure. they'd be great. Yeah, sure. That's all I mean. They would. The Browns are this close, this close to being six and four, but they're not. Well, they're also this far because I, they're. I think we're beyond the point of look at their solid, solid roster. I think they have issues going into this offseason. And they're well. We know they'll change uh, defensive coaches, which is why this matchup is interesting because that Bucks offensive line handed it to Seattle. And then there was some talk after the game that it's like, well, they didn't have the right cleats and the field no. was so slippery. Was that part of it? Because Cleat they game. mashed them and it reminded you of, of the 2020 Bucks who played so well up front. And if you can run on these Browns, which every other team can, and you can protect Brady and Godwin looks good again after a week off, he looked a little more explosive. Then we start feeling pretty good about this Bucks team. Definitely. Let's take a break. We'll be right back. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game, King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Are you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like meh? Then it's time for an upgrade with the power of Clorox Sentiva. With an uplifting scent that smells like coconut, Clorox Sentiva gives you powerful clean like Clorox, but a feeling like <sighs> being transported to a tropical island retreat. Imagine putting your phone on Do Not Disturb. 
tuning out all the constant, just the feeling of warm sand in between your toes and a fruity drink in your hand. The ones with the little umbrella. Refresh your home to feel like an all-inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva. Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store. All right, here we go. We got three more games. Greg, you're up. I'm going to take the Chargers and the Cardinals in the late window. I have a belief that these last two Chargers games or a sign of something more for this team. All that right. they're actually getting better. Because okay, this has been my you. least favorite Chargers season in I don't know how long. Because Phillip Rivers isn't there. They're not better than their record indicates. It's been in the reverse. And Justin Herbert wasn't really Justin Herbert until after the bye. And especially these last two weeks, the first half against San Francisco. And then I think really throughout that Kansas City game, we're starting to see the big-time throws out of Herbert. We're seeing Keenan Allen back, unlocking them. I actually think Brandon Staley's come up with some defensive answers. I know they're banged up and they're not a great defense, but some of the things he's done over the last couple of weeks have given me some hopes against two of the better teams in the league, I think, San Francisco and the Chiefs. And I want to start them taking it forward. Maybe they get Mike Williams back, it sounds like, for this game. Maybe not. We'll find out. And go put on a performance that gets us feeling like, okay, they're back in this season and they're going to win a lot of games and, and get back to the playoffs. This might be the defense to do it against. That is for sure. I mean, it is. it has been a rough road for the Chargers. Mike Williams, Keenan Allen, and Justin Herbert have been on the field together for 46 of 673 snaps. He just hasn't had his guys. And I do think, because Brandon Stilley, like kind of nobly said, hey, listen, uh, Justin Herbert is going to be more aggressive now. He's finally healthy. That was a couple weeks ago, and it's translated on the field. I mean, he threw the Six ball. Six plays over 15 yards Right, last it's week. what we've been waiting for. So I guess, you know, if, if the season doesn't start till this week, next week, then that's good. We'll see. Well, that's it's bad news for the Hard Knocks producers who are going to have to squeeze uh, another five or six shows out of this Cardinals. Yeah, there's a lot going on with that team. This week is fascinating to me watching that one. But after that, this just feels like a dead team walking, Dan. And that's why it's a road game for the Chargers. And they haven't looked great this year. But this is a dead team walking in the desert. And I'm locking up the Chargers. I, I'm with you. The <laughs> Cardinals are terrible. They're embarrassing, and it got worse over uh, the week weekend when we learned that Arizona Cardinals offensive line coach and running game coordinator Sean Kugler was fired uh, for some inappropriate behavior um, and sent home. So, and that's not the you know this is not the first time this stuff has happened behind the scenes with the Cardinals. It's everywhere. I mean, it's from the general manager to coaches, uh, and then you see the play on the field and and the. The, the quitting in the Monday night game, it's just like the vibes are – there's no team that has worse vibes, in my opinion, than the Arizona Cardinals. And at one point, does ownership hit the reset button on this thing? And don't worry about the, the Cardinals being at home. They're the worst home team in the league. Worst point differential, they're 1-5. I am not that worried. I watched that Hard Knocks uh, first episode, and it was really set up – Cliff Kingsbury is not a guy who you just feel like has – the room in the palm of his hands, just belief-wise. And he doesn't really have the schematics either. But his motivational thing during that week was, we've got three games here. If we win these three games in the division and we're going to see who we really are, 
in the division. And if we win these games, we will be tied for first place at the end of those three games. So now we are at the end of those three games. And in two of those games, they weren't particularly competitive. They found out who they were. They were significantly worse than the Seahawks. They were not even in the same ballpark of the 49ers. They're an organization that's had all sorts of off-field problems in this Kugler thing is the latest, that they just feel like an organization, a coaching staff, run amok. And I, I think they could re- hit the reset what button. To your point. We, we, don't need to, to see. we don't need to talk about it because we'll have six weeks to talk about it. But I think if this keeps going in the direction that I expect it to go, I think they will hit the reset button and there will just be a hard regret as he's paying Steve Keim and Cliff Pingsbury their mortgages for their next three houses for the next six years. Right. And you know what? Kyler Murray, too. That that was a big investment they mm. made. I don't know if that's going to pay off, but the team is bad. The effort is bad. The behavior is bad. Um, what else does ownership need to see uh, to really hit a hard reset on this team? Let's uh, move to the next game. Greg, there's two left. What do you got? I'm going to take Broncos Panthers. <laughs> It's Broncos Panthers. Ouch. It's Chris Myers. It's a lot. <laughs> it's Sam Darnold and Chris Myers. There's actually a much. And Russell Wilson. Okay, so there's a much better game remaining, and uh, th- this is probably a part of the show they'll just Sam take out of the Darnold. network. I would recommend it, but I'd rather. I'd rather save. <laughs> this must be great. Right. I'd rather save. <laughs> Commandos Falcons for Game Pass. And I've happened to watch those teams live a lot this year. I do not want to watch Broncos Panthers on Game Pass. I just can't do it. So I want to put this as my second screen in the morning and just okay. get through it and move but on you're, with you're my tied, life. You're tied to these teams for three and a half hours as opposed to a nice tidy 40 or That's so. That's what I don't get because it colors your Sunday. But for here, me, it does. Yeah. I get it, but here's what I'm going to do. I'm just going to be extra focused on my number one game. I'm going to have that in. I'm not going to listen to the commentary. I'm going to keep an eye on what Russell Wilson is doing against a very good Panthers defense in the right week. And I feel like this will be the right week because they're playing Denver. So they can stop the run. And their secondary is much better with Jeremy Chin back in the mix. J.C. Horn is a really good cornerback who can line up against Cortland Sutton. We don't expect Jerry Judy to be back out there, so I, I just don't think there's going to be a lot of points in this game. It's Sam Darnold going against a very good defense. I'm going to pick final score. <laughs> well, okay, nine six. Oh, oh I, Broncos I like win well, nine six. To your point, Greg, <laughs> the Broncos, who seem to like have one good drive a game, that's all they'll need. Nick Wright tweeted out that had they scored. 18 points a game in regulation this season. Just every game, 18 every points. Game, 18, not great. They'd be 9-1. Nine nine. What? That's so stupid. What's, what's, uh, their offense is what's stupid. Like that's I just mean the, that's a ridiculous stat that is depressing if you're a Broncos fan. Yes, 18 it is. 18 points is a deeply no, uh, disappointing total. No Friday fun show this week, so we don't have any fearless predictions, so I'll throw my, throw my one out right now, which is Sam Darnold accounts for two touchdowns. For okay. the Broncos yeah. or for the Panthers? As I'm saying it here, doesn't this set up for a Darnold win? I, I picked the Broncos online. Should I should I change that? I and the Panthers, know. if they get two touchdowns, they're beating the Russell Wilson team who can't score two touchdowns a game. It's bad. You know what's weird? Is they, we, Does that count a pick six if he threw a pick six? No, he's accounting mm. for two touchdowns. For the winning team, I, the I just I thought it's fair. It's a fair person to clarify that point. Around. I actually think he's in a better spot now because they spent their whole offseason. Remember, the whole thing was like they got to finally fix their offensive line. Why didn't they fix their offensive line the year before? The offensive line gave them no chance. And you know what? They kind of did fix their offensive line. 
It's looked pretty good this year. They pass protect well. They added a lot of talent there. And just the rest of the team is absolutely terrible. And that's why Matt Rule is uh, making the the, uh, the media rounds. The rounds. Good morning football. But your take that Baker Mayfield would come to Carolina and prove that he's no better than Sam Darnold, I got to say, it's aged well. And Thank Sam you. Darnold now has a chance to take it to the next level well, and look better than Baker that's potentially. That's fine, but the best way to elevate your like status is to simply not play. Because now we want Sam Darnold, well, no, but had we got eight not, weeks of Sam Darnold. This isn't about Sam Darnold. Yeah, it's it was, about put Baker in the Baker. same setting as Sam Darnold and what happens. I, They're the same I'm guy. I'm not disagreeing that Baker Mayfield is never going to start again. I do think it's important uh, for Darnold to uh, put together some decent tape here to get a, a backup job next year and not be a guy that's picked up because of uh, somebody suffers a concussion in week six. Yeah. It, they're important games for him. All right, let's uh, finish the – it is actually pretty, considering the week, the fact that Falcons and Commanders are the last game here that I'll grab is uh, – that works out because the Falcons, not my favorite team to watch, and now they lose Kyle Pitts, and they've kind of lost Kyle Pitts already in terms of how to use him in the game plan. But if you talk to Arthur – or you listen to Arthur Smith – um, and people that follow the game, they said that Kyle Pitts, despite his numbers being so bad this year compared to last year when you thought this year would be a big leap, they really were using him, and he was, in an all-around way, has been important to their offense. He's gone now with the MCL tear that's leading to surgery, it sounds like. So they find a way now against the Commanders, or they need to find a way against Commanders that have won five of six and uh, coming off, took care of business game against the uh, Texans, of course, the emotional Monday night game uh, win against the Eagles to knock them off. Taylor Heineke, I like it. I like him to keep the good times rolling here at home. What do you guys think? I, I agree. I mean, I they asked Ron Rivera why he was sticking with Taylor Heineke, and all he said was winning. All right, well, I don't really care why. Uh, I just would rather see him than Carson Wentz. But for me, a lot of it's the defense. Um, they have been really creatively run on offense. I think young Turner, Scott Turner's doing a good job young with their ground. But, I mean, guys like... Jonathan Allen was Montez Sweat. They were incredible a week ago. I know they're playing Houston, but they just they dissolved Houston, and they've got the number two run defense DVOA wise in the league. And you're playing the Falcons, so I I kind of like this game for them to keep going because if you put the ball in Marcus Mariota's hands to solve it for Atlanta late in the game, don't trust them. You you mentioned it was a take care wow, business winning. game, but the fact that they did it so convincingly showed me a little something about the Commanders that. Like, okay, I, I don't – I like, I would not take four points in this game. They're four-point favorites. That feels too much. These two teams, it's going to come down to something crazy happening in the final three minutes. Each of these teams, whenever they play anyone reasonable, that's how the game goes. And I agree with you that they can stop the Falcons' run. They've been – like, Jonathan Allen's been great, and Payne, Deron Payne's been great, but uh, Montez Sweat is second in pressures. Like, they, they are pretty deep. They're – safety combination are both ranked in the top five of PFF right now for what that's worth. Direct uh, Derek Forrest and, and Cam Curl. Forrest uh, has been a, a nice little find for them. A surprising pick. So they have talent around Heineke. I still expect Heineke to start blowing it at some point and this could be one of those games and that's why I think it'll be close and just come down to something crazy because these two teams are kind of uh, proof of how I get annoyed when people say it's the hardest thing to do in sports, win an NFL game. It's like, no, these teams have won 11 combined. That's a thing. 
It's just winning an co- NFL game is co- the hardest thing in sports. Coaches like to say that. It's like one of the hardest <laughs> things to do in sports, win an NFL game. No, it's exactly this. Getting a golf ball straight. Right. It's as easy as every other sport. One team wins every single game, and these two teams are proof of that. You don't have to be that great to be around 500. Two things. Young and Sweaty's back. Yep. Chase well, Young yeah. activated. Uh, hopefully he plays. Then they'll truly be back. But Montez Sweat and Chase Young and that defensive line, they can get after it. And, um, you know, we've talked about – to put a bow on the Kyle Pitts experience here, how Marcus Mariota and Pitts just could not connect ever. And this stat really jumps out to me. Last year with Pitts, when he was a rookie and he went over 1,000 yards with Matt Ryan as his quarterback, he had a 54.5% deep catch percentage, according to NFL Media Research. This year with Marcus Mariota, 7.1%, which is the worst Mm. of any player in the NFL, minimum 10 targets of 20-plus air yards. That element of there's so many things wrong with Mariota the quarterback um, I've come to learn during the season and many others uh, maybe it's more the same from going back to his Tennessee days but uh, his inability to create big plays with special players on the field like Drake London and Kyle Pitts you gotta move on gotta they are awkward on. dance partners and I, I think only because they're in this um, wretched division are we not getting Desmond Ritter at this point? Because it, it, they're still in this playoff race to some degree, and Arthur Smith won't budge. I mean, they're 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 in it. It's I tricky. know they're in it, but like it, it, if they were buried in a, in a in the AFC or somewhere else, I think we're moving on from Marcus Mario at some point. Right, here. they're two losses behind in the in the wild card race, but they're only half a game behind those Bucks. All right, Thanksgiving is on Thursday here in the states. Um, Mark, what are you thankful for? I'm thankful for you and Greg. Really? Yeah. Most of the time. Ah. But that's 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 not bad. A percent, a high percentage of the time. Right. You you could have left that out entirely. Oh well. The honesty is welcome. I I think think. honesty is why we thrive on this show. We will say what we mostly feel. I'm thankful for our audience, a, a wonderful, loyal, growing audience who love ball and love the chicanery that comes along with this program. Thank you to everybody that watches and listens and supports us. I'm, I'm thankful uh, for my family here that we get to spend Thanksgiving. And I'm also thankful we got some late-breaking news. And uh, so why Greg. not get everything accurate so on the show? Let's it's get like it. Sam Donald will be running a spread news. offense. No, this is significant. <laughs> what? This is significant right. enough. Okay. This might get taken out of the TV show. Stop once again. saying what's going to be taken out of the TV it's show. It's part them of the running bit. It's, it's uh, fun. Got it. Got uh, it. Kyler Murray is expected to start on Sunday okay. against the Los Angeles Chargers. Does that change anything for you and your He lock? says he expects to start, and the coaching staff pretty much it does. I think I'm changing up the lock. Let's join Grave Digger over on the Seahawks. Okay. Although they'll, beat the, they'll probably beat the Kyler Cardinals, too. Um, live show at the Bourbon Room in Hollywood for Around the NFL on January 18th, Wednesday. Get your tickets now. Uh, check out our socials to get the link. And one last note to our – we have many – the loyal listeners. So that many. We have so many yeah, of them countless. over in England. Yeah. USA, baby. We're taking you down in the World <laughs> Cup on Friday. I, pre- I lock it up. I'm locking up an upset for the USA over England. Deal with it. Deal with the misplaced confidence of an ugly American. <laughs> Until then, Dan Hans is signing off for the quiet storm. The old boss. Justin with the, the end of show drop. We got to work on that. It's unpredictable. Because now we're now going to fill. 
It's Phil. like we had both said Phil. our thing. Yeah, Phil. you're unpredictable. He's the call. <laughs> <laughs> You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA.